talking about uh, um, who, uh, what the situation was um, before Peter's prison experience, and it was Herod Agrippa was the king then, and he's the son of Herod the Great. Uh, persecution of Christians was full force at this point in time. It was from a religious sect. It was basically from the Sadducees. And we talked a little bit about that. We talked about who the Sadducees were. They were the ones that had the wealth and the power. Um, I'm going to try to keep my voice down just a little bit because they said they can hear me some in there. So I'll try to keep my voice down as much as I can. I am, uh, uh, you know, I, I mean, I was in the ministry for, you know, 22 years. So, you know, and, and you know, taught a lot. So it's, it's kind of like, uh, oh, boy, you know, it's hard to keep my voice down. But I'm going to do my best, and I know my voice carries too, so um, hopefully everybody in the back can hear me well um, if I do try to calm my voice down a little bit. So I'll try that. Um, the uh, Sadducees had wealth and uh, power, uh, and they also wanted to be part of the Romans, and so the Romans wanted to please them. And so they wanted to make sure that the Sadducees were happy because that's where they got all their money and the taxes and things like that. So it was really, really important. And so, and that's who Saul got permission to kill the Christians from. And so big deal on that. Um, and so Herod decided he'd take James. I, I, there were two people that were very prominent in the Christian church in the beginning, the disciples were all prominent, but the two people that were really prominent was James and Peter. And James was, you know, just James was with Peter the entire time. And I am sure that both of them, Herod was trying to get. He just couldn't get Peter right away, possibly. We, we talked about last week, Peter was an escape artist. We'll talk a little more about that today. Um, but uh, um, they, so James, so he, he, so he got James. He imprisoned James. He killed James. James was killed. He was killed by a sword. It's, it's thought that he was beheaded. And we don't know this. But many times when people were beheaded, they were, their heads were put up on a stake, you know, as a, as a symbol of, you know, um, these people were, um, these people were, you know, part of a tyranny. And we want them to, to uh, everybody to know what happens to people that don't obey the government. And so that's a possibility. We don't know that for sure. But that would be a possibility. So he, he got Peter. He put Peter in prison. We talked a little bit about he, Peter was in maximum security prison. We're going to talk a little more about that today um, in, the, in today's lesson. But he was in maximum security prison. And the reason why he was, and we went over this too last week, was in Acts 5, um, they imprisoned James and Peter. And they came back the next morning, and James and Peter were gone. And they couldn't figure out how. And it wasn't a maximum security prison. It was just a common prison, as the Bible says. 
But they were gone. Everybody was shocked. And they were out preaching in the temple. <laughs> and uh, the Sadducees were ready to slay them, it says. But one of, the, one, of their, one of their sects said, hey, look, if they got out of prison, then what do you think is going to happen to you if you kill them? And, and so that's where we kind of ended. And then we, the last thing we ended in is why did James have to die? And, you know, you, you know why didn't God send an angel to rescue James? James already got out of prison once, right? Herod said he was going to kill him. And yet, James died. God allowed James to die. We never know what, when it's our time to die. We never know what our, what our lives are going to be far as, uh, far as our, you know, what influence do we have? What influence in our lives do we have when we die? Are we going to have any influence, or are they just going to put us in the ground and nobody's going to care? Is it only going to be our family, or will it be our church? Is it only going to be our church, or will it be people from years and years and years that have seen us live a Christian life, and we are now celebrated into heaven, but you know what? We made a difference in this earth. And I think that's what Jesus wants us to do, is make a difference in this earth. And hopefully it's not just when we die, but that's probably the reason why James had to die. He made a difference. There are many people that mourned. And what we talked about last week is... This was an awakening of the church. This was something that the church said, Oh, James died. He was our main, one of our main guys. And Peter's now in prison. And he's one of our main guys. What do we do now? And the church, it is in, like, it's, 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 it's scared. And let's take a look at, uh, let's, let's, do, let's read some scripture. Who will read Acts 12.4? Who will read Acts 12.4? Just raise your hand and I'll, then I'll uh, go ahead and uh, Acts 12.4. Okay, honey. Um, who will read uh, Acts 12.5? Okay, good. Who will read uh, Acts 12.6? Good. And we want to do Acts 12.7. Who will Acts, Acts 12.7, somebody? Okay, good. All right. And... Uh, um, and we'll also look at Acts chapter 9-3, but we'll, we'll look at these first. So, when was Peter to die is the question, and Acts 12-4 will answer that. And go ahead and read Acts 12-4. And when he had apprehended him, he put him to prison and delivered him for, um, for Paris, which was fairly, was called as the people, intending after Easter to bring him forth to prison. So after Easter, Peter's to die. 
He's to have a public trial just like Christ, and then he's going to die. That's, that's, that's what's supposed to happen. Okay. Um, what act was the church and the believers doing for Peter, Peter in Acts 12.5? Who has that? Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church to God for him. So, he was kept in prison, but what was the church doing? Remember, they had a great revival after James uh, died. I, I really feel that's really the case. And what, did, what, what were they doing? They were praying. They were praying for Peter. And it was and it's really, and what, what's, 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 they were praying without ceasing. They were praying, you know, they, they had all-night prayer sessions for Peter, basically. Okay, now, in 12.6, what is Peter doing in prison the night before he was to die? So that's an interesting point. Peter, before the night, he's going to die. Before the day he's going to die, actually. Before the time he's going to be brought before the Jews and have a public trial and have to go through what Christ went through, basically. And he knows it. He knows this is going to happen to him. He has no doubt in his mind this is going to happen to him. And he's sleeping. He's sleeping not only, I mean, these two soldiers aren't sleeping, are they? No. No? They're watching Peter. But he's sleeping. And, and that just amazes me. I mean, did, Peter did sleep a lot, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, when Jesus asked him to stay awake, he slept during prayer, you know? I mean, he was a sleeper, right? Um, but uh, he's sleeping. Now... This gives me a great feeling about Peter. It really does. I mean, if it was you and you're chained between two soldiers and you're in prison and you know the next day you're dying and you maybe get beat and ridiculed, are you sleeping? Or are you staying up all night worrying about it? Peter wasn't even praying. <laughs> he wasn't even praying to God to deliver him. <laughs> he was sleeping. Uh, that just that just funny to me. It's amazing. But it shows me that Peter trusted God completely. And he probably remembered what Jesus said. And Jesus said, told him he was going to die for him. And he knew James died for Jesus already. And so he said, okay, you know, if it's my time, it's my time. And I'm going to get a good night's sleep before the trial. In Acts chapter 12, verse 7, what happens? And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. He smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. Oh boy! 
Peter's in prison. And there is a stealth escape that's going to happen. And it's in the darkness. And everything's really quiet. And they have these infrared things so, you know, they don't have to have any light. And they're going to, and, and it's going to be a whole, bunch of, a whole bunch of church members. They're going to break into there, and they're going to, they're going to get them out, right? No, there's an angel. Okay. And the angel comes in darkness, right? No, he doesn't. What in the world? Why in the world are you lighting up the prison? The guards are going to wake up. I mean, if you have a bright light shine on you, aren't you going to wake up? Yeah. I mean, if we darkened the room here and people were sleeping and all of a sudden somebody turned the lights on, what would happen? You wake up. You're alert. Oh, no. It's a prison break. You're going to stop it. There's no way. You don't shine the light. Why would you shine a light? That's crazy. Really? Hmm. We're in book of Acts to talk about another great light. How about Acts 9.3? What does it say there? Who will read that for me. Acts 9.3. Somebody hasn't read already? Go ahead. And who's that talking about? Talking about Saul or Paul, right? And there's a great light. Does anybody else see this great light? In that, in the, that passage of Scripture? Does anybody else hear the voice that talks to Paul? Hmm, great lights are kind of interesting, aren't they? Why does an angel have a great light? You know, I wonder if it was Lord Jesus Christ himself, and he, he's, he's the brightest of all of them. Could have been. Says the angel of the Lord. Could have been. But this huge light shines, all right? So we have this light. It shines. You would think all the guards will wake up, but they don't. And in fact, they may be blinded. Who knows? I, I don't know. But who woke Peter up? How was he woke? The angel woke him up. Peter didn't wake up even though this great light was on him. <laughs> He's still sleeping. <laughs> That's the funny part. Peter has perfect peace. Perfect peace. So he wakes up. The light's on him. He hit, the angel actually hits him in the side. I mean, he smotes him in his side. <laughs> I mean, smote more normally. He doesn't say tap. It doesn't say, uh, Peter, wake up. You know, like when I'm, uh, like when my wife goes to work, and you know, and, and I'm working from home, and she goes to work very quite early now. She taps me on my shoulder. And I wake up, and I say, I love you. Have a good day. We kiss, and, and that's it, okay? Um, that's not what happened with Peter. 
The angel didn't tap him. Boom! Get up, Peter! Smote him. He just woke up. What fell off Peter when he got to his feet? Chains. Now, if you have chains on you, and there's chains on your arms, there's chains on your feet, he's chained to soldiers, and all of a sudden those chains fall off, what happens? Clank, 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 clank. Noise happens. When have those soldiers been kind of worried that all of a sudden Peter's chains are off? Interesting. I think the soldiers, I think with this great light, I think what happened is, is just like with Christ and with the tomb, the soldiers went to sleep. I think that's what happened. I don't think they wanted to go to sleep. I think they were forced to go to sleep. Maybe they felt like they got hit by something and they got knocked out. But they were knocked out cold because they didn't hear any chains. They didn't see any light. They didn't see nothing. Amazing what God can do. How many obstacles were between Peter and his freedom? Well, number one, he had two chains he was bound by. He had two soldiers on the other ends of those chains. He had the door of his prison cell. He had guards on each side of the prison door. And then he had a first post and a second post, according to the Bible, that he had to get through in Acts chapter 12, verse 10. Who wants to read that? Acts chapter 12, verse 10. How about Acts chapter 12, verse 8? What happens there? Who wants to read that? Acts chapter 12, yes. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said unto them, Unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. Okay, so there's a sequence, right? The angel smotes him. Boom! What happens? He says, Hey, I got your attention, didn't I? <laughs> now I want you to put on your clothes. And I want you to follow me. Peter's going, oh, man, I'm still asleep. I'm tired. I mean, how many of you all of a sudden wake up and you're, you're totally wide awake? And, you know, you're totally ready to go. And you just jump out of bed and boom, you're, you're done. You're ready to go. Or some of you may be kind of, oh, man, 
It's a day. I wish it wasn't a day. I got to get to the shower. First, got to put my feet down off the bed. I don't want to put my feet down off the bed. I want to hit the snooze alarm again. Boom. <laughs> Go back to sleep. <laughs> Peter didn't have a snooze alarm. <laughs> he had to. He had to just get. He had to get going. He was in prison. He was chained between two soldiers. He was supposed to get out. I think he could have probably took all day, but he didn't. He got up. He in sequence. Angel said, "Hey, put on your clothes." Remember, Peter's the kind of guy that uh, just hops out of the boat and swims naked to the shore. He already did that with Jesus. So sometimes he kind of forgets about putting on his clothes. <laughs> Peter's that kind of guy. He's impulsive. <laughs> He's a great guy, but boy, you know, Peter, Peter's just that kind of guy. He probably would have forgot to put on the sandals. He probably forgot to put on, put on his clothes. And when the angel left him out in the middle of the street, what would have happened? Not so, not so good. He wouldn't have been prepared, would have he? But the angel said, put on your sandals. Why did he say, put on your sandals? So he could walk in the street. He didn't need the sandals in the prison cell. He wasn't going anywhere. But once he got out to the street, he needed his sandals. And what about this iron gate? There's an iron gate that's guarding this prison. And all of a sudden, as remote control, it just kind of goes, boom. And the angel goes, and the iron gate opens. Iron, do you think the iron gate has a key? You think the iron gate is locked? You think the iron gate has chains on it? I mean, something, right? It's an iron gate. And all of a sudden, just like your garage door, or just, or just like a, a door to a, uh, to a fancy place, uh, we got, a, we got a, some friends that uh, are millionaires in Colorado, and they got, this, they got this iron gate in the middle of their, you know, before anybody can get to their house. And you got to talk on the intercom, and then all of a sudden this iron gate goes, choom, choom, and you can put your car right through. But that's the only way you can get that. That's the only way you can do that. And this iron gate exa did exactly that. Just opened up for Peter. Hey, I don't need you anymore. You go on out with the angel. Your time's not come, Peter. And so Peter, in Acts chapter 12, verse 9, this is kind of interesting. Like I said, Peter likes to sleep, right? What what, what's Acts 12, 9? Somebody read that for me. Go ahead. Yeah, Peter's sleeping, right? Man, my side hurts, though. <laughs> Something happened. My, 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 man, my, my, my feet don't feel like they're in chains anymore. They, they, they don't hurt. You know, um, man, it doesn't smell quite like a prison anymore. I, I can't smell those rats. Wow, it does smell musty. 
Um, goodness, uh, what's going on? And then in, and then in Acts 12, 11, what does Peter do? Who wants to read that? Go ahead. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. It says, And Peter came to himself. The angel left him out on the street and left him. That's what the Bible says. And then it says, and Peter came to himself. He's going, wow. Pinch, pinch. You know, this doesn't seem like a dream. I'm standing. I don't have any chains. The chains fell off. Praise God. I don't have any soldiers near me. I don't smell the gel. I don't see the walls. I see an open street. You know what? This wasn't a dream. Would have been a great dream. But it wasn't a dream. It was true. It's kind of like Ebenezer Scrooge, you know, and, you know, he's jumping up and down saying, yeah, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's going to, you know, I'm not dead. I didn't die. Yes. You can imagine Peter jumping up and down. And, I mean, he's an impulsive guy. The Bible doesn't tell us everything he did. It just says he came to himself. If it was me, I'd be pretty happy. I don't know if I'd do a dance a jig or not, but I'd be sure happy. So in Acts chapter 12, verse 12, and I think we had, uh, I think you raised your hand for that, for one of the verses, Acts 12, 12. Okay, so it's night. It's probably 1, 2 o'clock in the morning probably. I mean, it's probably pretty early at night, maybe in the morning. And what is happening in the house of John Mark? John Mark's a pretty important person too, actually. He's a person that Paul took with him on a missionary journey. He's also a person that uh, Peter had great respect for. In fact, if you look in the book of Mark, which John Mark wrote, um, you'll see that uh, um, it, it looks like Mark, you know, John Mark was one of the disciples. He wasn't. He actually wrote it through the eyes of Peter. And you'll find more about Peter and Mark you'll find in any other, any, any other passage in the gospel, any other gospel. But it's John Mark's house, John Mark's mother. And what are they doing? They are praying. They are praying. They are praying. What are they praying about? Are, 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 they, just, are they just there praying and they're just, uh, you know, uh, oh, Lord, thank you for this day. Sure appreciate it. Oh, Lord, uh, um, I'm sorry James was killed. Um, no, they're praying. 
They're praying specifically for one reason. They're praying that Peter gets out of prison. Or they're praying that Peter doesn't die. They may not have thought that Peter was going to get out of prison. I don't think they were. I think they were praying that Peter doesn't die. I think they were praying for some kind of miracle. They know that there's absolutely no way Peter can get out of prison. And they know that. But maybe, maybe, maybe Peter and James talked to them a little bit about there was a time where they did get out of prison and it was the angel of the Lord that let them out. But their faith may have been shattered a little bit because James is now dead and James was one that was let them out. So they're, they're praying, but put yourselves in their shoes. Do you think they prayed for James when he was in prison? Probably. Maybe not as many, but they probably did. And what happened to James? He died. He was killed. So now they're praying for Peter. Oh, Lord, please save Peter. Don't let him die. So, in Acts chapter 12, verse 13, Peter says, hey, it's a miracle happened. I'm out. I'm on the streets. I'm going to go to a house. And what, what happens in Acts 12, 13? Somebody read that for me. Who wants to read it? Okay, go ahead. Okay. They're praying, and they're praying in this house. This house must be a, a decent-sized house because everybody's in it, right? They have a gate, actually, for this house. Not all houses had a gate, but this house actually has a gate to be able to get into it. It's a big wooden gate, or it's a big gate because there's nothing... And it says he knocked, so he's probably not knocking on metal, so it's probably a wooden gate. And what's, what's happening here? What's happening here is, is that he knocks, and somebody hears him. And she hears him. And, but there's, a, there's, there's an interesting part here, interesting story here. And if you look at uh, Acts chapter... Uh, Acts chapter 12, verse 14. Who'll read that for me? Acts 12, 14. Adam, you had your hand up. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. So, Peter says, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you know, knocks. <laughs> Rhoda goes, who is it? Because, you know, she doesn't want to let anybody in. They're praying. How much they're, they're going to get persecuted. They could be killed because they're, 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 they're in an all-night prayer processing. So goes, who is it? Peter goes, it's me, Peter. Or maybe it says, he just says it's me. Because it says she recognizes his voice. So I don't know if he says it's me, Peter, 
Or he just says, it's me, open up. I don't know what he says. But she knows it's Peter. And does she open up the gate? Yeah, Peter, come on in. We've been praying for you. Hurry up, get in here. We don't want to leave you out in the street. She doesn't open up the gate. She just runs in and tells everybody else. And says, hey, it's Peter, it's Peter, it's Peter. Our prayers are answered. This is great. This is terrific. And you know what? The people inside that were praying, they told her she was mad. They told her she was crazy. What happened to their prayer? What happened to their faith? How many times do we pray, but it's just words out of our mouth? And we really don't believe it. We know we should pray, but we just decide, okay, I don't think God's going to do anything anyway. So I've been told to pray, so I'll pray. And then when God answers our prayer, we're like really excited. <laughs> we're, really, we're really happy. Did we really believe that God was even going to answer that prayer? Maybe not. But the neat thing about God is, is he honors prayer, whether you believe it or whether you don't. And all these faithless Christians that were praying, he answered their prayer. He didn't. I mean, that's really important to understand. Well, where's Peter? Is Peter inside with them now? He is not. He's still outside on the, at the gate. <laughs> and he's going, that crazy gal, I'm still out here. She didn't let me in. Any minute those soldiers are going to wake up, and I'm going to be in trouble. I've got to get in that house. I've got to get to safety. So he keeps on going. And all of a sudden, I mean, I bet he's pounding at that gate now. I mean, he is using his fists. And it is so loud that the people inside are hearing it. And they're going, oh, it's a spirit. Really? Can a spirit actually pound on a gate? If it was a spirit, wouldn't it just walk through the gate? Not even worry that the gate was even there? He keeps pounding. He keeps pounding. Finally, they say, oh, it's Peter. Let's go ahead and read uh, um, Acts chapter 12, 16, and 17. And, yeah, 16 and 17. Who will read that for me real quick? Go ahead. Peter. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. Either one of you. <laughs>
So I'm going to go over this really quick because I have, I have blanks here. But what did Peter continue to do? He, uh, he, knocked on the, he kept uh, knocking on the gate. Did the people praying really believe what they were asking of God? No, they certainly didn't. Not even close. Um, finally, when they saw Peter, what were they? They were astonished. They were, they were, they were, they were happy, but they were astonished. They, they really didn't believe what they were, what they were praying, and they were, but they were very happy that, that, they, that they saw him. But they were, they were just amazed. You know, what kind, of, what kind of story did Peter have to tell this time? Well, he told a lot of fishing stories, didn't he? <laughs> now he gets to tell a story about how an angel rescued him from prison. And he knows the whole story. Not everybody knows that story, but he does. And I'll bet that story was told over and over and over and over again to many people. And I'll bet that story, when it was told again, I'll bet that story saw people saved. And, how, and, and think about this. This story is being told over and over and over again by preachers today. And guess what? People are getting saved. People are, you know, people are understanding what God can do. People are having their faith encouraged. I am sure that in persecuted countries, they're looking at this story and they're saying, if we pray, God may be able to deliver us. It may be not our time. God may help us. There's so much to this story than what we even see. And it's so neat. It's so great. And in this time, these people were encouraged. And they were able to tell this story again and again and again and help people understand the persecution that they were facing. And he said... He wanted people to tell this story. He also said, tell James. Didn't James die? No, this is a different James. This is James, the half-brother of Jesus, who was, going, who, was, who was actually going to be probably the pastor of the church. What did people, Peter do after he told the believers the story? He got out of Dodge. That's what he did. He decided, this is not safe for me in this town. He decided, you know what? God saved me once. He doesn't have to save me again. You know, sometimes when God does something for us, we got to use our common sense. And that's what Peter did. When the angel saved him, he first told people, okay, look, I'm okay. And, then, and, and let James know too. But now i got to get going. He got out of town. He, I mean, he made himself scarce. He did not want to be, he did not want to get caught again. So, <laughs> in Acts chapter 12, <laughs> verse 8, verse 12, I mean, and, I, I mean in Acts, yeah, in Acts chapter 12, and also in verse 18 and 19, there's an interesting thing that happens here. We'll read 18. Uh, go, uh, Rusty, Rusty, go ahead and read 18 and 19 for me. Now, as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers what was become of Peter. And when Herod had sought for them and found them not, he examined the keepers and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and thereabouts. 
Sometimes I just love the humor in the Bible. I mean, the Bible has a lot of humor. And it says there was no small stir. <laughs> there was a huge stir. <laughs> there, there was, I mean, they had a house-to-house search, I'm sure. They cordoned off the city and they made sure nobody could even, nobody could even be around. I mean, you talk about 40 soldiers wondering what in the world happened. They didn't know. The soldiers woke up. And all of a sudden they go, oh no, we fell asleep. How did we fall asleep? And they thought, oh, that's okay. The first post and the second post didn't fall asleep, so we just fell asleep. And the soldiers that were chained to Peter, they woke up in the morning. And they go, oh, where's Peter? I don't think they said, where's Peter? <laughs> I think they started going out, the, going out to the first post and the second post and said, hey, guys, do you think they had to wake them up? I don't know. If they did, which they probably did, because if the first post and the second post woke up first before the soldiers that chained, the, the, uh, the soldiers that were chained to Peter woke up, then they would they they then then uh, um, they would have thought, hey, everything's fine, right? So. Logically, who woke up first? The soldiers that were chained to Peter. And maybe they woke up all the rest of them. I don't know. They must have. I mean, there was commotion. There was no small stir. I mean, that prison was buzzing. And the first post woke up. And the second post woke up. And then they saw the iron gate, and it was, it was, swinging, it, it was swinging wide open. And they're going, whoa! What happened? How did that iron gate, how did that iron gate swing wide open? We've never seen this in our entire life. It probably takes two or three men to open that gate. It's an iron gate. It's a big gate. It's not an easy gate to open. It's not supposed to be an easy gate to open. But it's open. No small stir. Not at all. Then Herod, oh, it's okay, guys. It's all right. You just let out the person that I was going to ridicule. You just let out the person I was going to kill. It's all right, though. I forgive you. I'm just going to take your life. That's all I'm going to do. First of all, I'll probably torture you first. Then I'll take your life. I mean, this guy was mean. I don't know what happened to those soldiers, but it wasn't, wasn't good. And if, and, and if they only got their lives taken, that was, that was great. That was terrific. But that's the story of Peter. And you know what? That story, like I said, has been told over and over and over again. It's encouraged Christians. It's got people saved. And boy, I'm sure glad God gave us that story, aren't you? That's a pretty cool story.
And, uh, you know, I just uh, thank God for that. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the blessings you give us. Thank you so much for...